pray this morning that your Holy Spirit would be working. Pray this in your name. Amen. All right, if you need your Bible, you can raise your hand. And Steve would love to pass one out to you. If you do have a Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Something a little different than the Gospels. We're going through the words of Jesus. And obviously the whole Bible is the words of Jesus. But we were focusing in on the red print and learning from him and his character and his truth and his words. Some of the things have been very encouraging. Some have been very challenging. But here this morning I thought we'd take a little break from the Gospels and hear a distinct verse of red to the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to begin in verse 7. If you're wondering where that is, you've got to get through the Gospels and move a little bit, and you'll get there. Verse 7 says this, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Verse 9, here comes the red. He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. End of quotation. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Specifically those words, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Now we've all probably heard that, or most of us. Some of you haven't. It's quite a little bit of an amazing thought, but here was Paul, one of the greatest uh, men to walk the earth in regards to his relationship with the Lord, truly an apostle, but yet God see what that is, and I don't think we have to know, I don't think that's important, many people guess to it being physical, his eyes, other people say just the challenging hands he continually encountered, but something obviously was challenging him that caused him to pray three times that it's mentioned, but probably more, in regards to this thorn in the flesh. God, please take it away. God, please, I don't want to deal with this. And these words of Christ are so encouraging to Paul and to us this morning that God knows what we're going through. And he says, my grace is sufficient. What he is saying basically is, I am enough. <laughs> grace is God's unmerited favor. Grace in the scripture also is referred to Jesus. The grace that came and lived among us was Christ, our unmerited favor. Basically, Paul is hearing 
God say to him, listen, in the midst of your struggle, your mountain, your distress, your challenge, your need, saying, I am enough. My grace is sufficient. My favor in you is enough for this challenge. He wasn't necessarily healed in the moment. We don't hear about that. We don't hear necessarily of the distress being gone, but we see a greater lesson. I remember this well, and I told the story. I didn't really know this verse well, but I remember there was in our old church in New Jersey, the elders would pray for anyone who desired prayer, and something we do even here at the back. There's brothers and sisters, if you need prayer for anything, at, when we're doing communion or even after communion, we're more than happy to pray for you. And we had a, a prayer room right in the church because we had our own facility and there was a mother there and she had many children and she came in, her hip hurt and she was a little down and discouraged and, you know, she was a, a spiritual giant and she came for prayer and I remember praying for her with a, another brother, another elder and praying God would touch her and even in the midst of the prayer, as we just finished, she stopped and said, Okay, guys, God has already spoke to me. His grace is sufficient. And she walked out. And I was like, woo, baby. <laughs> she didn't need to see what God was going to do in her. She didn't need to see if her hip was well. She heard God speak to her. By the way, I said many. She had 11 children. She said, God spoke to me. His grace is sufficient. And so often we need to hear that in our own lives. Maybe those seasons of life will minister to you. I think we all have those seasons of life, those weeks, those days, those challenging moments where the mountain seems too big. The trial is too much. The feelings of what we're going through seem insurmountable, whether they're physical or emotional, whether the needs are just beyond what we can bear, beyond our physical strength or our ability. And here, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. I am enough. And I just felt this morning we needed to be reminded of that. Actually, in the Greek, it's this progressive. My grace will be continually sufficient for you. Not only in this moment, but in tomorrow, in next week, in next year, my favor will be sufficient for you. No matter what you're going to go through, Jesus is enough. And I need to be reminded. Because sometimes when we come to the end of ourselves and our own effort, we need to hear these words that He truly is enough. The verse continues and it's wonderful and there's so many lessons in it because it says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now we have a society, we're a people who like to exhibit our strengths. I heard a sermon a couple weeks ago and I've shared it with a few groups that when we do those 
personality finding or gifting tests, which aren't bad, they're good. And even the man who was giving the sermon, he's like, oh, I really liked him. You got to sometimes lift up our strengths so much that it's all about what we can do and our ability. And we certainly have a world that glorifies someone's ability and strength. We see it in the media. Push, look at this award. Look at this honor. Look at Northgate. Oh, yeah. Anyways, we can build a float, baby. And we can paint it and we can light it. And I'm really proud of that, by the way. This week, I just went to an awards banquet. And this is what happens. It was a high school awards banquet. And it honored the people who had good grades who were good athletes. It even honored the good Christians and gave them the Leadership Award and gave them the Berean Award and the Barnabas Award and the David Award and all these awards because we see your strength within you and we want to lift it up. And that is great. But there's something far greater. There is no award for weakness. Not that I know of. We don't celebrate bro that we should. Because it's not in our strength that people truly see Christ, but it's in our weakness and our brokenness that they see Christ. Because let me explain it this way. It's almost like saying, I can't do it. I do not have the ability. I am broken in this area. And Jesus comes strengthens and allows us to do what we need to do and He is the one who then shines through us because it's not about us, it's about Him. So what people see isn't our great ability, but they see our great God. Now do I hear an amen? I don't like brokenness and I don't like weakness and I don't like needs and I don't like infirmities, but what it does is creates a dependence to say, God, I cannot do this. And just see Paul, this thorn in the flesh, this disease, whatever it is, this emotional brokenness. And he's just saying, I can't do this. I've prayed. It's still here. It's difficult. And God's saying, that's good. Because in that weakness, my strength is going to come in and make you perfect. But we live in a world that says, don't show your weakness, don't celebrate your weakness, don't boast or glory in your weakness for sure. But project your strength. And again, I am not saying anything against gifts or strength. I'm telling you that in your weakness, you are strong. That in your brokenness, you will, you will come to a place of this in your life, dwelling with Jesus Christ. Have you ever had it like this in your life? Things are going well. There's no problems. And then something happens, a problem at work. Something happens, a difficulty. Something happens, a challenge. There's a relationship's going the wrong way. Someone persecutes you. There's some distress and it forces you to be so dependent upon God that you look back at those times and you say, I don't want the challenge, 
but I want what I had in the dependence with Jesus Christ that we don't have when things are going great. You see, I believe as the scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, God chooses the foolish things of this world. God chooses the broken things of this world to exhibit himself and his strength and his wisdom. And that's why we read that scripture in Jeremiah, wisdom, my money, but I'm going to glory in the Lord and that I know the Lord and that the Lord lives in me and that the Lord is going to strengthen me and when I have no ability and strength of my own, he's going to come and establish me and dwell with me. Phew, it sounds great up here, but it's really hard here. And I think each of us are facing or will face those times in our life when our weakness and our brokenness are front and center and we're crying out to God, deal with this, and he's going to say to you, I am, I live in you, and I am enough. It doesn't mean the problem goes away. It doesn't mean the thorn goes away. It doesn't mean the problem... It's still there. But he in you does something absolutely amazing. In this dependence, his Holy Spirit rests upon you and gives you everything you need. So when you look back, you're like, I can't believe it. I couldn't do it. But God did it in me. And that's why we worship him. If I could do it in my ability, in my strength, I don't need God. I need God. I need Him because I am broken. I know there's been times in my life where I've sensed the truth of what God's saying and the truth of His Holy Spirit coming upon me in wonderful ways, but always preceding those moments was absolute brokenness. I remember as a young man not finding a job, being upset, all my friends were on missions trips, and just being miserable. And for you, but in that moment of my life, it's just like, God, where are you? And then, in the moment of my greatest brokenness, and brokenness is relative to where you're at. It's different for everybody, right? But in that moment of realizing that dependence, I remember the Holy Spirit came upon me in a way that I had never experienced to strengthen me, to give me joy, to give me everything I needed to dwell, to tabernacle, to booth with me. And that's when he says that the power of Christ may rest upon you. Do you see it? Okay, flow with me, folks. I know it's Christmas time. You're all like, oh. maybe it's just my imagination. Anyways, flow with me. God resting upon you. In 1 Peter chapter 4, it says in persecution, there's something that happens is that when you are persecuted, praise the Lord, because the Holy Spirit 
will rest upon you. And that word is to sabbatical upon you, meaning to come and give you rest to cause growth in your life. That's why they used to give the fields a little break because in the rest, the next season, they would produce more. So when, a, when someone in a profession, you hear professors, I'm thinking a sabbatical year, in that rest, they will grow and output more. That's why we take a Sabbath from some activities to rest so we can produce more fruit and grow. And in the midst of persecution, what the Holy Spirit does, He dwells with you to sabbatical with you that you may know and then produce more growth in your dependence as you realize that His grace is sufficient and in your weakness He is strong. And realizing that and resting in His presence, you are strengthened and you become more fruitful because the Holy Spirit is upon you and He produces the fruit of your life. I hate problems. I hate distresses. And sometimes I complain. Darn it. But Paul didn't. He learned to say, praise God for this thorn. Praise God for this distress. Because Christ is resting upon me. Because I can't do it myself. I am foolish and He's using me and His Spirit's coming and it will flow through me to proclaim who he is. Sometimes I don't think we need to talk about our strengths. We need to talk about our brokenness. We need to talk about how Christ is sufficient in the midst of our brokenness. Where you have found him to be real and sufficient and he gets you through because of the power of, your Holy, of the Holy Spirit, and you submit to yourself and say, God, I can't do it. We live in a world that says, try harder, do more, be more holy. We live in a Christian circle. We need to see more fruit. We need to see more fruit. No, what we need to see is people who will truly stop and receive and live in the grace that is sufficient for them. It is not our plans and our ideas. It is our dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ that will change us and our community. And we are looking too much for fruit instead of looking for Christ. And I'm at the top of the list. Is the church growing? How's it going? <laughs> I just reviewed a text I got this morning, eight months ago. And it was this, your identity is not in the ministry. Pray that you will understand that your identity is in Christ. The truth that He loves me, the truth that His grace is sufficient for me. It is, will continually be sufficient that Jesus is enough. What are you looking at out 
this morning? What do you seize? What are you challenged with? What are the difficulties that you have? And they're all different. But here's my encouragement. Would you glory in them? Because Christ and trust in him. So we had this us his hero parade. Terry graciously lent us his Spider-Man suit. And I was going to wear it till I realized it probably wouldn't fit. Because <laughs> I didn't want to wear my coat and I'm not as thin as I used to be. So I gave it to Gabe. Gabe wore the Spider-Man suit. and Maybe he felt like a Superman. Spider-Man. Uh, any sort of superhero at the superhero parade. And we love superheroes, don't we? We just, I don't know. I call them dizzy movies now. You know the Marvel movies. The action scenes are so fast, I just get dizzy, right? Like, but you just have all these superheroes. And our world loves superheroes. And it loves the powers that they have. And the different superheroes. And oftentimes, I tease Amy... On Father's Day, we went to see The Incredibles, number two, and I said, you're the heroine, honey. You are elastic woman. You are Mrs. Incredible. And this week, I even was in Walmart and saw little figurines, and I'm like, I'm going to get her one. <laughs> and I got her a little Mrs. Incredible, and the first comment was, well, that was her old suit. She isn't wearing her new suit in that one. <laughs> <laughs> We all love the powers of the superheroes, whether we can stretch our arms out or fly or do the spidey thing, which Gabe wore the suit, but he wasn't flinging on webs anywhere. Um, <clears throat> we actually had a Hulk, I think, too. Someone had a Hulk suit. I <clears throat> might have thought it was me in my regular coat, but it wasn't. <laughs> when I came to think about that and what I realized, even thinking about it, in our regards, we're all superheroes, but it's not because of the power we have. Listen to me. You're all superheroes because you're broken. But as I wrote to my wife with that little figurine, I put it in the van, and I wrote a note. I said, truly, you are incredible because Jesus lives in you. And Jesus is incredible. So what then shines through you is Christ. We are not incredible because of our power and our gifts. We are incredible as believers in Jesus Christ because he is our superhero and he lives in you see it? You're all incredible, no matter what you're going through. And it has nothing to do with you. But we serve an incredible gift. You know, people say, we're like the moon. We reflect the sun. We're reflecting Jesus. No! That's not the way it is. You don't reflect Christ. Christ lives in you. So I'm not reflecting an external source. The source is within me. The Holy Spirit is within me. And in my brokenness, 
man, it shines and rests and lives in ways that it can't when I'm dependent upon myself. So let's leave this place knowing this. Jesus saying to us, my grace is sufficient. And I love this part. For you. <laughs> right? And I can say no matter where you go to work, and I just kind of feel this. I'm kind of looking out and I'm just seeing some young moms and young dads. And There are times when you feel like you got no power. And I just want to encourage you. Christ lives in you. Understand me. That you have super power in your weakness with those little ones. Do you hear me? To get the job done. If you're a senior and struggling as you age, understand Christ hasn't left you. <laughs> he lives in you. And he can give you what you need. Middle age. And you're wondering what life is all about. That's me right now. Anyways. Woo, another day. Okay. He lives in me because you've come to realize, and I'm just starting in my 40s, that I am nothing. I thought I was everything in my 20s. In my 30s, I start to realize what is true in my 40s. I can't do nothing. But he in me can do what needs to be done because his grace is sufficient and his strength is made perfect in my brokenness and in my weakness and I'm going to celebrate it because of Jesus. Be encouraged walking through those doors. Amen. Amen. Lord God, thank you this morning for your word, the simple word, but yet so true and so hard to understand at times because I know I look at myself way too much. May you teach us in the midst of our thorns and our distresses and our difficulty to look to you to be dependent upon you, to grow, to rest in who you are. Lord, may we understand that your desire is to take us deeper. And sometimes there are things that we don't understand, but we can boast in them, glory in them, because you are working. Maybe specifically this morning, you're tired. You're tired, you know. You know this. This is all a reminder. You're just simply tired. I just pray a blessing upon you right now if you're tired. Maybe you're a young parent. You're just tired. Maybe you've been battling illness. You're tired. Maybe it's hard at work. People are mean and miserable. Maybe you're just tired. Lord, we pray a blessing of your strength, a blessing of your rest. We pray a blessing of an understanding of your grace upon our lives. And specifically this morning, those who are tired of fighting, may you come alongside of them and fight the battle for them. May your grace become so real to them that they glory in knowing you. The glory in you. 
in your ability, in your power. Lord, we need your Holy Spirit to continually change our thinking, to renew our mind into your truth. We're so thankful for the truth of your word, and I pray now that you would sanctify us and set us apart by your truth. We're going to celebrate communion. No greater sacrifice, no greater love, no greater superhero than Jesus Christ. And that He came and gave His life for you and for I, for all the brokenness, for all the weakness, for all the failure. His love, His forgiveness, His grace is sufficient to forgive you and to empower you to live holy lives. As we want to celebrate. We want to glory in you this morning as we get our communion, as we celebrate and remember you. We want to worship and give glory. Your sin is dealt with. Your brokenness. You are made whole by Jesus Christ. Would you celebrate that this morning? Would that be your heart? To worship Him. The elements are in the back. As you praise Him and worship Him, you're welcome to get them and bring them back to your seat and we'll glory in Jesus together. Let's praise Him now.